Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. So let's get them done. That's what we do here at Rosie on the House. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here in studio primarily to take your call. Any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin, wherever you are in the great state of Arizona, we broadcast over several radio stations. We pretty well cover the state corner to corner. Wherever you are, you can call the toll-free number, one 767 4348 Our call screener, Jess, will pick you up, get your name, where you're calling from, what your question is, and we'll put our 47 years of building and remodeling Arizona home experience to work for you in every way we can. In studio this morning, I'm joined by Mr. Bruce Stumbo from Rosie Wright Remodeling. Bruce, again, thanks for carving time out of your family weekend time and joining me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. We stole Bruce from a home inspection company about four years ago. Uh, He had been there for six years, inspected over five thousand homes many for people who were relocating to arizona having to answer people's questions about what's it like living here in arizona so that's pretty much the topic we have for this hour or this 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 day okay and we were talking about things people need to know who are new to arizona in the last hour this hour we're going to talk a little bit about swimming pool care and safety And we're also talk about maybe this was the first winter you've spent in Arizona and you're a snowbird, you're a winter visitor, you're getting ready to lock the house up for the summer. There's a few things you may be ready to do to leave the house for three, four or five months that we would tell you don't do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, And we'll be covering those this hour. But before we get into that, I'd like to welcome all the listeners down in Pima County And y'all need to know, down in Pima County, if we're talking swimming pools this hour, I can't not mention this. The Pima County Natural Resources Parks and Recreation Department, in conjunction with Tucson Medical Center, has 800 spots open for free swimming lessons. That's the Pima County Natural Resources Parks and Recreation Department in Pima County has 800 spots for free swimming lessons. Let's make sure we get the kids and fill every one of those spots and let's get them. Uh, Graduating the swimming class, you will actually get a free life vest as well. So on the topic of water, those are things you need to know. If you're new to Arizona or you're a long-term listener to the show, Uh, There's a couple things you need to know about that's happening this Thursday night, okay? When we went, the state of Arizona and the nation and the globe, went under pandemic protocol and were told and recommended to start wearing masks, about a month into that protocol, I mentioned when the people who are a lot smarter than me determined it's safe to go maskless. Rosie is going to host a party. And we are hosting that party this Thursday night. For the first 100 people that show up, 
uh, Rosie's not going to, but Jennifer is going to buy you two refreshments of your choice. You need to go to info at rosieonthehouse.com. You will need to register, and you will need to bring the registration form with you. And a big part of this is you have to understand Rosie is throwing a party to return to normalcy. We are not going to tolerate political arguments or political statements. We want you to come, regardless what your political affiliation is, simply to rejoice in the fact that they have determined society can now mingle about mask-free. We'll buy the first 100 people two drinks. But you've got to go to info. It, and we may already be oversold. I don't know. But go to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Register for it. And um, as, according to date and time stamp, the first 100 that get in, uh, we'll, we will see you there Thursday night. No political statements. Anybody starts a political conversation, I will ask you to leave. Okay, so we're here this hour to talk about prepping your swimming pool for the summer and prepping your home to get ready to leave it. Bruce, how many winter visitors have you had to deal with over all your years here in Arizona? A lot. You know, we've, uh, you know, between inspections and then, you know, now with remodel, you know, we we have a number of clients who are, are part time. You know, they head out of state and um you know, we get a lot of questions of, "Hey, I'm I'm leaving. What do I need to do? Can I turn my air conditioner off? Can yeah. I, you know, which uh, it's we, always the first question. It is. People don't want to pay for that power, which we understand. However, <laughs> nothing. I well, almost nothing in your house is designed to get as hot as the inside of your house will get when it's 112 degrees. And uh, I walked into houses back in my inspection Ooh. days where the air conditioners weren't working, and it was hotter inside than it was yeah, outside. Absolutely. And your plumbing fixtures, electronics, all that is Artwork, not furniture uh-huh, is not made to get to 120 degrees and Ugh. dry. So um, while it's not a lot of fun paying for the little bit of extra power, you know, we tell people keep your house, you know, eighty. 85 at the most but you know if you can keep it somewhere in that range you're you're doing yourself a service by not causing damage to things inside your house and any modestly well-built home constructed in the last 40 years can hold 80 or 85 mm-hmm. pretty inexpensively yeah. yeah it's not comfort level for me at least but if you're not living there keep it in there you're not using tons of power and and you're saving yourself some money by not having to replace things People that don't know air conditioning think it's moving cold air inside. It's really not. Mm. It's moving heat outside. That's what air conditioning does. It grabs heat and moves it outside. If you don't believe me, uh, go to that condensing unit Put your hand uh, above. On, on the side of your house when it's running and feel how much heat is being sucked out of your house. Air conditioning is relocating heat out of your house. One of the way it does that is it removes humidity. That's why they say Houston is the most air-conditioned city in the world. (laughs) Okay? And I believe it is. Uh, An air conditioner uh, during the wet season, July and August, will be generating 
It'll be taking out about five to seven gallons of water out of your house every day. Okay. That's 150 gallons a month. It has to take that water from someplace. I tell people when they're getting ready to leave for the summer, move your thermostat to 80, take some uh, true value white five gallon buckets, fill them up about three quarters of the way with water and place them several places around the house. Because if you don't, the air conditioner is actually going to dry out all your P-traps. And you're going to come back in October and you're going to think your house has been used as a septic tank. Yeah, it'll, it'll be smelly. It'll be horrible. So allow the air conditioner some source of moisture other than sucking the moisture out of your P-traps. Just leave a, two or three buckets of water, three or four gallons in each bucket, and, and you'll probably do yourself a big favor on coming back. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I just thought of one quick thing uh, for people who are new to Arizona, kind of circling back around to that. Um, with the amount of condensate water that you have back, uh, I still see it today, but when I did inspections, if you have a split system air conditioner where you have an air handler in your garage, in the attic, in a mechanical closet, you're going to have two condensate lines coming out of the side of the house, two PVC pipes, one down low, probably six inches to maybe a foot above the ground and then one up high you know if you have a two-story house it might be pretty high up yeah um single story it's still going to be up above it's going to be somewhere where the attic is if you ever see water dripping out of that top one you need to call your rosie certified air conditioning partner because that means that water is in that pan um, you, you won't see if it's a ground-mounted mechanical use it unit, but if it's up in the attic, that means water is no longer going out of that primary line. And a lot of people ignore it until that pan is completely rusted out, and then you know because your ceiling has grown a bubble and uh, is full of water. So just one thing for, for newcomers to Arizona who maybe didn't have to have air conditioning where they lived um, or not very often, that, that's something to keep an eye on. Make sure... Any newcomers in your neighborhood know about Rosie on the House so we can help them learn how to live in an Arizona home. Boy, we have had to solve some of the most peculiar problems that I've seen in years. People ask me all the time, Rosie, how did you get started in the show? I said, well, I had a couple friends in Atlanta. They had a home improvement call-in show called the Bob and Rob Show, and they challenged me. They said, Rosie, come in the studio with us one Saturday in Atlanta. And just see how easy it is. Uh, And what you're going to find out is you answer the same 20, 30, 40 questions over and over and over again. And once you've got that down, uh, you can pretty well handle 90% of the questions that come in on air. Well, the last few months, we've had questions like (laughs) I've never, ever seen before. Yes, we have. I pulled Bruce into my office last night and preparing for this and i showed him the snot bubbles (laughs) i don't know how else you could describe it it's uh i'm stumped at the moment a homeowner calls us and says i've got wet spots on my tile floor in the grout that appear as drops of water that then grow into balls of snot (laughs) okay (laughs) we're on it 
Yeah. We're on it. We we are going to be doing whatever research we have. The great thing about doing this home improvement show for 34 years is I have been able to collect data that no one else. I've been able to collect data from every specialist in every trade, in every degree, in every area of the construction industry and collect that data. I've learned so much. All that data, all those answers live at rosieonthehouse.com. So we are going to discover what causes snot bubbles on grout for one house in Arizona. And then we'll have the answer for everyone. We're back. It's Rosie on the House. Taking your calls at one 767 4348 to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. A lot of people moving in town. Uh, Bruce and I are doing our best to try and roll out the red carpet and welcome you all. A lot of people moving to Arizona will have a swimming pool for the first time they've ever had. Yeah, which is, you know, growing up here like every other house has a pool so yeah. it's kind of normal here now one of the things we talk about in the in today's article about getting to know life with a swimming pool is a lot of people will cover them through the winter uh greatly reduce the amount of chemicals you need eliminate the sunlight kind of kind of put your swimming pool to sleep but you know what i've never figured out how do you pull that cover off <laughs> yeah I've never had a, a pool cover personally. Uh-huh. You know, the house that we're in now, we've been in for, uh, oh gosh, it's already been eight years. Um, I've never had a pool cover personally. Yeah. But I, back in my inspections days, I certainly did a number of houses that had them. They tend Some, to accumulate a, a, a winter's uh, um, dust level. Dust, yeah. You leaves. Know, some leaves, dust, dirt, uh, you know, twigs. Have all you ever sorts figured out a way to remove a a swimming pool cover and not have that half that end up in the swimming pool. No, I never tried. If there was a pool cover on it, I I didn't even try to look at it. So. I, I hate power dust blowers, oh. leaf blowers. But if I had one, that, and I was going to take yeah. the cover off, that would probably be the trick. I'd wait till after the sunset, <laughs> but before my neighbors went to bed. Got <laughs> <laughs> a, a very specific window there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would do it when nobody could see what I'm doing, uh, and I would blow. I think I would blow it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you certainly. You, you don't want all that ending up in the pool. You're kind of uh, defeating the purpose. <laughs> So a lot of people cover their pools, but I would tell you, in my experience, the majority of people do not. We just allow it to be an architectural feature in the backyard mm-hmm. all year long. The chemical consumption, just by nature of the water cooling off, goes significantly oh, yeah. down. Yeah, I I have to put far less chlorine in my pool in the winter time, and you set the pump to run less. And yeah, it, you know we have a little water feature on our pool, so I wouldn't want to totally shut it down. You know, yeah. winter time's the time to hang out in your backyard here, so I like to turn on the water feature, listen to the water in the background, and one of the things you're going to need to get to know as a new pool owner is how to test the water quality mm. of your water, mm-hmm. and that is so simple. It really is. It you know. Uh, I have, 
your easiest is the pull strips and a good quality pull strip from what i can tell works well um a lot of pool professionals use them um and uh but you can go all out and get a full-on test kit um i've done that as well when i was a new pool owner and determined to do it myself oh, i yeah. did a lot of fighting with that pool um, <laughs> i p- probably spent more money on chemicals than uh, two years of pool service would have been uh-huh. but uh you know so i i ended up with that but i've gone now to where i just use the quick pool strips and I haven't really had a problem since, so you just got to stay on top of it. You can find a lot of information about pool ownership and maintenance on our website, rosieonthehouse.com. The pool does need to be drained periodically every few years. You can recycle that water, but it does get to the point where it evaporates about every two years, mm-hmm. two to three years. So you're, that water is getting harder. Yeah. Everything evaporates except the grains yeah. of hardness yeah it's getting and the, harder and harder and harder the stabilizers and the chlorine tabs is building up and you know all sorts of things so um and just one quick note back i always used to tell people if you're a new pool owner you're new to arizona in particular it's probably worth it you know call call a rosie certified pool service company um because like i said that when I was determined to do it myself, I wasted more time and money trying to do it myself, not knowing what I was doing. When I had six kids at home, they were my pool service. <laughs> and now that we're empty nesters, Jennifer has been the pool gal for years now. And she just bit the bullet and hired mm-hmm. an outside pool service to take care of the pool. And she came in kind of aggravated the other morning from the backyard. And she put her hands on her hips while I'm there just having a nice cup of coffee in the morning sitting in in our little uh, breakfast area. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to be good. She says, do you know how much money we've been saving every month by not having a pool service? I said, no. She said, not enough. She said, I can't believe you haven't had me hire a service 20 years ago for all the grief. It could have saved us for all the years. I said, oh, honey, well, you've got one now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. So swimming pool, maintenance, and getting to know it. Let me say one more time for those of you listening in Pima County. The Pima County Natural Resources Park and Recreation Department has openings to teach 800 people how to swim. The kids that learn how to swim will get a free life vest upon graduation. Make sure we fill all 800 of those seats. We'll be right back. All right, this segment, we cover our weekly to-do. It's designed to help you, the Arizona homeowner, tackle one specific item around your home castle or cabin to keep up with the weekly maintenance. It's a lot easier to tackle one project a week than have five, six, seven, 20 of them stacked up on you. And today we're talking about testing our water. And to do that, we've got one of our water specialists in, Mr. John Owens with Connecticut. And you guys service both Phoenix and Tucson. And generally speaking, when you go to a customer's home, water testing is the first thing we're doing. Correct. And if you're going to test water, so if you live in a publicly connected utility, they're mandated by law to test every source every 36 months. 
and they average it together and send you a document called the Consumer Confidence Report. So what you can do is go to the local provider's website, look for a document called the Consumer Confidence Report. It's the average over the last 36 months. Now, if you don't trust them, you can go to your own laboratory and have it tested. The EPA recommends using Underwriters Laboratory. The test begins at 500 bucks, about 30000 to identify everything in the water. Or with technology, you can go to the web, and there's a third-party group called the Environmental Working Group, and it's ewg.org forward slash tapwater. Click on your state, provide your zip code, they'll list all the public providers, and click on yours, and they will highlight and spotlight every violation they've ever had. Now, if you live in a rural environment, like Romy lives in a rural environment, and you have well water, and you want to have a test that the EPA says for anything for health-related issues and water quality to go to EPA-certified lab. And basically, the lab that we've used for years and years now does only municipal testing. And a local source, you can use a company called IAS Laboratories located over in Phoenix, or you can use Chandler Analytical over in Chandler. And what ends up happening is we recommend instead of doing a whole array of tests, because water testing is kind of like going to a, a menu, going to a restaurant and ordering off a menu that has 10,000 items. Instead of ordering 10,000 <laughs> items, if you contact a, a water specialist like Connecticut, we can advise you on what specific test that can narrow it down and can save you a small fortune. And it, 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 they recommend if you have a well that you test the water about every three to five years. Also, if you drill a new well, they have a thing called the well drill log, and the well driller has a handwritten journal of all the geology of the soil they encountered. A water expert like us can take a look at the well drill log and the water report and advise you on the best water treatment. A lot of information, and for anyone listening that couldn't write all that down, yes, it'll be available in the podcast. At the end of this broadcast, you can go slow it down and write those URLs out. And One of the reasons we love having you is so much technical, great information in a very short time, but what do you commonly find throughout Arizona? That's a good question and a a challenging question because it depends on where you're at. So if you look at in the metro area, you could have, if you have an older part of town, you can have things like volatile organic contaminants. We can have uh, foam from firefighting uh, foam. We can have pesticides, herbicides. When you get into the rural environment, if you get into particularly the anywhere north of Phoenix, pretty much to Colorado, all the way to Utah, all the way east to New Mexico, all the way to California, we have naturally occurring things like radon, radionuclides, cadmium, radium, barium. In addition, we have insanely high levels of naturally occurring arsenic in the water. So those are things we would find in the rural area. In the metro areas, if you had historical farming, you could have nitrates, nitrites, pesticides, and herbicides. And the whole valley is kind of on a slope. So generally speaking, the more downstream, the more souvenirs you're going to have. And I've heard it crudely but accurately projected that one man's latrine is the next man's pristine. It just depends (laughs) on where you're at in the stream flow. So if you happen to be located way west and way south of the valley, you're not exactly in the upstream position. So they have a higher concentration of souvenirs in their water. Souvenirs. That's a... I'm being PC there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great word, souvenirs. Now, growing up, I was never really paid attention to water we drank out of the hose. But then when I finally started doing the listening and allowing myself to learn about water treatment, what it could do, and actually did it, now have my own RO system, I have a 32-ounce water jug that I carry with me all the time. And if I run out before getting home, I can't stand to drink the water. I have become quite a water snob because you don't realize just how good clean water really is until you hit tap water again. Yeah, it, impact, it impacts every part of your lives. And if you ever, let's say if you're backpacking in the wilderness or you're camping out in the middle of nowhere and you're uncertain about what's the safest or purest water to drink, 
a very simple but a very accurate test is simply find a four-legged friend and make them sample for you. And if you take little caps, little bowls, put down 100 samples, 100% of the time animals will default to the purest water first. And we documented giving local dairy cows pure water. They drink more water, produce more milk, live longer, stay healthier, and the farmer nets an extra 33 cents a day profit per cow. I always tell people it's good for a cow, might be good for people, just maybe. <laughs> and cows can sure muddy up a water hole pretty quick. <laughs> Some animals, uh, they only drink the water they're born with. So if you have an ostrich, by example, it only drinks the water it's born with, you can't move an ostrich from Whitman to Wickenburg because they'll die because they only drink the water they're born with. So some animals, every animal is unique with water. That's very interesting. I never knew that about ostriches. Maybe that's why they had such a hard time establishing them in uh, Arizona in the 1910s and 20s. When I mean, that was one of the up-and-coming herd crops was going to be ostriches, and yeah. it was a disaster. Yeah, I wonder they, if that was why. When they when we, they had the ostrich boom a few years ago, when ostrich, a breeding pair, became worth $50,000, we got involved with water treatment because you can duplicate pure water at other places. So that was one of the things we uh, attempted to work with them on that, and so it was interesting. <laughs> what kind of equipment is available on the point of use for the customer? I mean, there's so, so many great options. Once somebody makes a commitment and does it, they'll never go back. Correct. And the most important thing is, uh, in my opinion, the local uh, municipal treatment were vendors of many of the different municipal plants. And in my opinion, they do the best they can with the resources they have, so I'm never going to beat them up. They're doing a bad job. But what I would suggest is that it, if you look at it, we can improve it, like Romy said. And so the water, it makes sense. If it smells good, it tastes good, it's healthier, you're going to drink it. And it's arguably the healthiest beverage we could probably consume. So doctors suggest we drink eight eight-ounce glasses of water every day, add eight ounces every 10 degrees rise in temperature, every 10 pounds above the norm, every decade of life above the norm. So in English, that means in Arizona, for most drink of us, we, water. Drink, we drink about a gallon per day, we're good to go. And the problem is most people don't. They go, oh, if I do, I'll have to run to the restroom all the time. But the water makes a profound difference in your quality of life. And what I would say is you don't want to get the wrong type of treatment. So you can get everything from a little inexpensive inline filter to, you know, a, a pour-through pitcher. You can get uh, under the sink reverse osmosis or the state-of-the-art technology is the Kinetico K5 drinking water station that removes everything that's not water from the water, including virus and bacteria. So we have a whole array of different technologies. And the best thing to do is we're pretty open-minded and uh, if you talk to an expert, they can sit down with you and advise you on the various options and all the choice on the menu so you understand exactly what you're getting for each individual option. Now, you had made a statement about, I don't want to drink that much because I don't want to use the restroom that much. If you work outside, anytime I'm working outside with or, or for hiking or doing anything, I want to make sure I'm seeing everyone go to the bathroom because if you're drinking and you're still not, you don't have to go, you're seriously underperforming on your water intake because it, it sweats out quick and you've got to add a lot to be able to go to the bathroom when the summer heat hits. Yeah, they, they say an easy way to test it. If, you, if you're like Romy and you carry a large jug, that's one way to measure it. But the next way to do it is to always have water at reach. So if your water is six inches out of reach, we're so lazy we don't go get it. So we always have, must have water at reach and the urine stream should be clear. So if your urine stream is clear and you can always touch water, they're probably you're correctly hydrated. If you have color in the urine and you can't reach it, then you have the risk of being dehydrated. And when you get dehydrated, your, your body runs down, your energy runs out, and it, it's not a good thing. And so for me, I, I stay hydrated all day long. And my, my energy is like an energizer body. And I'm in my 60s, and I just keep going and going and going. Water is a big part of it. And at that point of dehydration, if you're not near it or you're out there, I mean, that's when you see people getting 
uh, if they're in service, you know, getting medevaced. And sometimes, you know, we're not that fortunate. And you hear about the, the report on the news about recovery now in place. Yeah, you always hear people hiking the, you know, mountain. They're going to go hike Camelback and then they have to do a rescues. In the summertime, it seems like it happens quite frequently. Or people go out, out in the desert with no like water. Like I'm in the middle of the city. I, you know, I don't need to be prepared. <laughs> So it makes sense to always have water with you, and if you always have water with you and you drink it all day long, it's it's great. And uh, it, and if you're unsure about what the source, which one to use, like I said, do the four-legged friend furry, furry friend test, and have them choose for you. And all the time, they will choose the best water. There, that's amazing. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that about animals either. Now, today we've been talking all about just the the purity of water, cleaning water, filtering water. For somebody new to Arizona, as you know, according to all the stats, we've fastest growing cities in the country, everyone moving into Arizona, we have very hard water. A lot of our water comes from the Colorado Rockies. It comes down through Glen Canyon Dam and uh, Hoover Dam, and it comes in on the canal through CAP. It's pumped out of the ground. So there's a lot of travel time and a lot of minerals get picked up, and we have very hard water, and, uh, especially around mining towns as well. It's even... You know, Globe is notorious for uh, the hardest water just because of all the mining there. We can put equipment on our home that takes all the hardness out, which is great for our plumbing equipment, all of our water using appliances. It makes our skin feel better and our clothes last longer. So there's water purification we've been talking about. We haven't even touched on water treatment and softening your water. Correct. And a lot of times people don't even know what water hardness is. And the hardness is calcium and magnesium, which has reacted with carbon dioxide, forms a compound called calcium carbonate or water hardness. Commonly, it looks like spots, like if you let the water stand in your sink or in a glass, it creates a spot or a film. And basically, that also retains the soap, virus, and bacteria. So when you pull your cleanest dish out of the dishwasher and take it out outside to the yard in the sun and you still see spots, that's not a good sign. So restaurants get closed down by the health department for doing that. Why would we allow it in our own? homes. So when you have a good, well-engineered system, you can pull out your dishes, sparkling spot-free, never use the heat cycle, no jet dry, and your laundry, soft and fluffy, it dries better. There's no static electricity, no fabric softener. Your lint trap is 85% less than what it is now, and most people don't have all the buildup inside the shower. So the average person, they go through this gyration, they either uh, live like pigs and it's all scummy and soapy, or they live like freaks and they race to the shower less when they has squeegee <laughs> duty. With good water, it rinses the way it should, and your dishes come out better. As most ladies find if they use good water, a pH balanced shampoo, they don't have to use conditioner, no tangles, no split ends, no dry itchy skin, no hand creams, no body creams, no lotion. So it, it's one of the few items in a house used by every two and four legged occupant every day that actually pays for itself. And if you have a water software installed, you generally then want to add a water purifier because uh, for at the kitchen sink, you, you wouldn't just do a water softener without putting some kind of RO in it. Yeah, and well, what I describe is not one doesn't cause the other, but when you have a wardrobe and you get dressed for work in the morning, most of us use, uh, if you're a guy, shoes, pants, and a shirt, or shoes, trousers, and a shirt. And if you leave home with no shoes, you burn your feet. Leave home with no trousers, you get hooked and booked. And so water is kind of like <laughs> a wardrobe. Book. We take out the sediment, take out the chlorine, take out the hardness. In addition, we purify the water. 
And for anyone listening that hasn't figured it out yet, yes, you're listening to Chief Warrant Officer John Owens. Thank you for your service, sir. That was a very military presentation. <laughs> if anybody wanted to talk to you further, how would they do that? Uh, they can just contact Connecticut. Go to ConnecticutAZ.com. Or you can find him in the water treatment category at Rosie on the House. And you were mentioning that as part of your 30 years in the Marine Corps, you were a hydrologist during the war. Yeah, I started off as a as a combat engineer building bridges, airfields, runways. And then in the first Gulf War eras when we got involved with water, water treatment. And uh, then they started sending me to many different schools. And basically the last place I was was in Korea in 2008. And were you serious that your family got lost here in a covered wagon? Yeah, I, uh, my family came here in a covered wagon in 1860. My great-grandma was the first lady in the Prescott Rodeo. And uh, then they immigrated to the valley and they, they delivered ice to people's ice boxes. And then one of our sons was the largest, largest sugar beet farmer in Arizona. And so my family's been here in one form or another since 1860. Well, thank you for your family and their pioneering of Arizona and for your service in the Marine Corps. Good morning. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. Thank you for joining joining us this morning. Uh, Easy we, for you to say. Yeah. We're going to be uh, diving back into pools and talking a little bit more about pool safety. Um, you know, unfortunately, every year um, you hear, you know, a number of tragic stories about uh, mostly children, unfortunately, um, getting in a pool when no one's looking. Um, so we just want to spend a few mo- minutes and uh, talk about pool safety. It it's a mandate that's been required for decades. Every swimming pool, every backyard swimming pool must be surrounded by child protective fencing. Bruce, am I right? If you can take a four inch ball and push it in between, then that that's the. That's the size. Yeah, it's right around there. I always kind of use the rule of thumb that uh, if you put your fist, if you if you make a fist for most people, if you can put that in between the slats on there, it's too big. Okay. Um, And it also has to be something that can't like chain link doesn't work because you even that small you can climb it. That's too easy for a kid to climb. So all the gates have to be spring loaded Mm -hmm. and latched. Self closing and latching. It's got to close on its own and latch. Um, And if you have a door opening to the pool area, there's not a fence in between it. That door has to be self closing and latching. And that latch has to be up above a, a small yeah, child's, child's height. Yeah, so we we've started a campaign here decades ago called Two Seconds is Too Long," and two seconds is too long to keep your eyes off the swimming pool when you've got kids in the backyard. So that's the other thing you need to know about owning a swimming pool: testing the pool, covering or uncovering the pool. There is a law out now. There's actually a question we've got uh, from Mary. Let's see if this has to do with the... You think she's talking about the variable pump on the swimming pool? I believe so. All right. Let's bring Mary into the conversation see if we can answer Mary's question. Good morning. Good morning. And your question. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Excuse me. Um, I have a variable speed pump, Haywood. I've had it now for a couple of years. Uh, and I like it. It was quiet. And I noticed uh, a couple of weeks ago that the drive went out. 
Now, I'm wondering if I should have the drive replaced. Can the drive be replaced, or should I buy a new pump? Mary, what do you mean by the drive of the pump? Is the impeller not spinning and circulating water? Uh, no. So, actually, uh, when I passed by it, I looked at it, and it said um, drive error. So I shut it off, turned it back on. It didn't do anything. I shut it off again. It didn't do anything. So I took a picture of it, and I sent it to someone um, so I could tell them. Well, actually, I took a picture so I can go over to Leslie and see if they could tell me what's wrong with it. Nope. Nothing happened. So it, when you press it on, like it's getting ready to prime, yep. the only thing it does is go, then it shuts off. Okay. Well, that's that's a programmable uh, high energy yeah. that were mandated by law about mm-hmm. four or five years ago. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've got one, and I've never gone out there in the sun and sat there long enough trying to figure it out. Yeah. Have you? You know, I have messed with mine. Uh, I had uh, my old pool pump replaced a couple mm-hmm. of years ago um, and did went to the variable speed. Um, there is an impeller in those things that, from my understanding, and I'm not a pool equipment expert, but from my understanding, they're a little more sensitive than some of the some of those old pool pumps you could probably pump sand through. Uh, but, yeah, that's you right. Know, the, these are you know these are high efficiency variable speed. Um, I don't know this for certain, but I do know it's easier for the impellers to get clogged on them. Um, but I would always, I mean, just as a baseline, I'd always recommend to someone, you know, rather than just get right on and buy another pool pump, um, you know, get a hold of licensed pool contractor, a service provider, have them come out and look. Cause it might be, you know, a only a couple hundred dollar fix as opposed to spending, you know, two thousand, uh, yeah, thousands of dollars on a new pump. So, Mary, I can tell you at my house, um, we converted to the high efficient pump. I want to say it was about five or six years ago. Uh, and we had a programming dilemma with it. And I called several people out um, where we bought the motor. I actually installed the motor myself. Uh, they sent three different people out to reprogram it and none of them got it right i finally uh broke down called tom posterino at posterino pool service uh he he sent matt and matt said well it's this bing 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 click and it was done thank you matt i appreciate it will you now take over the management of my swimming pool forever so i would tell you to call post arena pool service it's what they do they see that between the whole team they probably see 400 pumps a day and they're constantly having to adjust and reprogram before i spend a dime doing anything else I'd call Post Arena Pool Service. Folks, we're glad you tuned in. Uh, for those newcomers to Arizona, uh, make sure they know about us so we can help them, keep them from making any mistakes about home improvement uh, or home ownership. Home ownership, home maintenance is different here in Arizona. That's our job, to make sure you know the difference.